You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. This is the word of the Lord. How many of you guys have ever planted a tree? You guys go out and you go to the store and you pick out the, the tree. You want the oak tree, the poplar tree. You want a peach tree, an apricot tree. You know, something that's going to give you shade, something that's going to give you an apple, an apricot, a peach, something like that. Well, it's going to be a short tree, or is it going to be a tall tree? Um, will it be a hundred-year-old tree, or will it be a thousand-year-old tree, you know? Will it be a skinny tree that's real tall, or will it be a nice fat tree real short, or will it be a, a large tree like those redwoods that are like 20 feet around, and they're like 300 feet tall? We don't know. Will it be mostly a healthy tree or a sickly tree? Obviously, if it's Jesus, this is going to be a healthy tree. My grandma had an apricot tree, and this thing was annoying as ever. I hated this tree. Every year, it was always an unknown. Is it going to produce fruit this year? Sometimes their apricots would be that big. And I'm kidding you not, they were like the size of baseballs. Amazing. And then the next year, we'd be lucky if we had three apricots in the whole stupid tree. And then the next year, there wouldn't be any of them. And it's like, cut the stupid thing down. Get rid of it. And then the next year, there'd be hundreds of them. And then the next year, we'd have hundreds of them again. So it was like, hey, we're finally on a roll. But the stupid tree was so inconsistent. It was up and down. There was times where we'd get so many of them, then we'd get none of them. Jesus is telling us this because the kingdom of heaven is unknown. We don't know what it looks like. We get a glimpse in Revelations of what the kingdom of heaven is going to look like. It's going to be paved with gold and, and there's, going to be no tree, there's going to be no sun because our king, he's the sunlight. He's going to be the light of it. He's the light of the world. It's going to be, going to have emeralds and jewels and, and all sorts of stuff in it. The, the doors of it are going to be beautiful wood doors. It's going to be amazing what it's going to be. But even what our finite minds can think of is going to be beyond what we can think of. Point two to the kingdom, um, if you guys want to, yeah, there you go. Go ahead, one more. Point two to the kingdom of heaven far exceeds our expectations. It's the second part of verse 19. And it says, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. I am catching a cold or something. My throat is dry. But see, here's the neat thing about that tree is that the, it far exceeds their expectations because the birds of the air made nests in its branches. This became a big tree. That little little bit mustard seed that you guys just seen on there became a giant tree. This tree became so big that the birds of the air were able to nest in its branches. And this may not sound like a big deal, but the grains of a mustard seed are smaller than periods on paper like you just seen. They're tiny, little itty bitty. The kingdom of heaven... Is once that that seed is planted, it starts to grow, it will never stop growing. 
It's the advancement of the kingdom. A tree will never stop growing until it's dead, but with the kingdom of God, it's going to continue to grow. The advancement of the kingdom has already started. It started with Jesus coming to the earth. Jesus was the seed planter, and now it's going to grow. The birds of the air nesting in the branches of the kingdom of the kingdom of God represents the true churches of God gathered together as one. Each one of those is the different churches that are in the branches or the churches of, of, the, of the earth. And so there's many different branches and there's many different bird nests. We're all of the same church of Jesus Christ. You can have your Episcopalians, your Baptists, your Presbyterians, your Catholics, your Baptists, your Acts 29 group of churches. That's a whole bunch of them. Jesus was also showing us that faith as strong as a mustard seed can do many wonders. That little itty bitty seed had all the DNA needed to grow that huge tree for the birds of the air. And it's interesting because Jesus talks about mustard seeds a couple more times. He talks about a mustard seed being in Matthew 17, being a uh, faith, being small as a mustard seed could move mountains. Things that are small can be great. Becomes the kingdom of God, becomes faith that can move mountains. Point three that I have about the kingdom of heaven is that it's infectious. Now, usually when we talk about infectious, it's a derogatory thing. Something bad, like a disease. We hear about infections like the common cold. (coughs) I just infected all of you. You know, I'm not kidding about my sore throat, but I don't think I've got a cold. I just need to drink more water. But it's a disease. I just infected you guys with the common cold or possibly the flu. Sometimes it's direct contact, whether that's through the hand shaking or through the air, the indirect. Diseases are infectious, but this kind of infection is a good infection. This is the infection that we want to have with Jesus, talking about the leaven. The leaven was the yeast, the yeast that brings forth goodness. Has anybody ever eaten unleavened bread? It's basically like eating a saltine cracker. It's good for the first cracker and the second cracker, but after that, I don't want any more. Unless you got butter or, you know, some kind of dip with it. It's gross, eating it by itself. I know in youth ministry, we used to do a challenge where we'd try having, you know, a youth kid eat the entire um, stack of saltine crackers. And you can't do it because your mouth gets dried out. It's gross. That's what unleavened bread is similar to. Leavened bread is good. That's the stuff you buy at the store that you can make too. You can make in your bread maker that you can put Dr. Pepper in. You can get that taste of Dr. Pepper with it. It's delicious. Get that stuff that's nice and hot and then you slap some butter on there. Fresh bread is delicious. My grandma used to make fresh bread and it was delicious. She used to put cinnamon in it too. Ooh. The same way it is with a little leaven or yeast can infect the whole lump of bread is the same way it is with the church. People will see the church and want to be part of it. The church, the churches that are true to God's word and the work are the ones that people want to be part of. People want to have a family, to be part of something, to be connected with others, to be able to fellowship together, 
to have similar interests. Churches can be that, can be infectious. We here at the well, at this church, have, have attempted to be the infectious part of that leaven or yeast to others. We went from a core group of six people to, you just look around the room and there's 30 or 40 of us. And this is a slow day for us. We've had 70, 80 people here. And it's exciting to see what God's doing. We went from a, a small church house plant to now a church building. God's good. There we go. I finally got one. I finally got an amen. Thank you. Yes, God is good. I mean, we went from six people to 60 people. We've got roughly 40 members in the church. That's awesome. We're getting ready to start another group. We might be up to 50 by the end of January. Once you become a member here at the well, though, we want you to participate in the family of the well. We want you to be something. We want that infectiousness to get into you. We want you to be able to serve and to participate. Be active. Whether that's greeting or making coffee, doing kids' church, doing the media team, the music team, possibly leading this church, or even one day planning the well, part two. Right now we have what's called the Sunday night large gathering, which is today, and then we also have the gospel communities. Be part of that. Be part of the community. It's infectious. It's exciting. It's exciting when you start seeing other people take on responsibilities and want to do stuff. The well has also had its exterior trends. And I purposely picked out this shirt just so that way I could use it in the example. We have clothing styles and we also have hairstyles. I haven't gotten into the hairstyle where it's the little like flip over stuff, the comb over hipster. But (laughs) yes, I'm poking fun at you, Joe. Jordan? Oh, he's doing it too? It was once said, I was once told by somebody that, that in order to be, you know, a participant, participant at the well, to be a dude, you had to have a combination of, 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 of plaid shirts, you know, or you had to have, you know, a gun or two or three or, you know, a safe full, you know, you had to have facial hair of some sort, you know. But and, and this is all on the on the guy's side. I don't know what the women are for here because I'm not in tune with that. You've also had to have a love for good music, you know. If you want to know what good music is, find one of the people that are up on stage or, or talk to one of the leaders here. We can tell you what good music is. And we, we've also been told that you're supposed to have a, a, you know, a pipe to smoke your tobacco out of. If you don't, if you're a man and you don't have a combination of that stuff, not necessarily all of it, but a combination, it was told you can't be a part of this. I don't know. Right now, I'm like five for five on this. I'm good, except for the hair. But that's the thing, though, is that it's infectious. You want to be part of the well. You want to be part of it. You start seeing, if you're a dude, you start seeing the way other dudes dress here and you're like, man, I want to be part of that. There's, there's a brotherhood there of it. And you're, you're excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be part of the well, to see where it's going, to where it's been, and where it's going.
It's exciting. God's been awesome, and he's still growing. There's people here that I have not seen in this church yet today, and that's exciting. There's something infectious about this, and it's a good infection. If you guys would turn to Acts 2 with me, I want to read a large portion of Acts 2, and it's going to tie in very well to, to the leaven and the kingdom. It's labeled Peter's Sermon at Pentecost, it's, Luke, or it's Acts 2, 14. Luke is also writing this. And he says that it's, it's going to be hard to contain everything. So go with me on this. Luke 2, 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. But what this is, what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And even my male servants and my female servants In those days will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders to the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. And before the day the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 22, men of Israel, hear these words of Jesus. Of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up, according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Go down to 29. Brothers, I say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried in his tomb is with us this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing what God had sworn with an oath to him, that he would one day set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up and that of we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, and everyone whom the Lord your God, our God, calls to himself. 
And with many other words, he bore witness and he continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who received this word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. I read that to you guys today because I think it's a direct correlation of what happened with Jesus preaching about the kingdom. Peter talks about with what Joel said through the prophet that it's open to the sons and daughters, to the men and women of Israel, and also to the servants. He's talking about the entire range of people from the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top. Some of you here today consider yourselves at the bottom. God's still going to use you. Jesus is still going to use you. And some of you guys feel like you're at the top. And that's great because God's still going to use you. He's going to break you. He's going to show you that he is Lord. Peter was here on earth and he had no idea what he was about to embark on. And he was starting the church. Jesus had planted it and he was starting it. He was sending forth. It was the day of Pentecost. It was completely unknown to him that he was going to be advancing the kingdom. He had no idea what was going on. And he gets up and he's like, you guys think I'm drunk and you guys think all my buddies are drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. You're an idiot to think we're drunk at this early in the morning. Peter had no idea how far the kingdom of God would go. And Peter was starting the visible church here on earth. What you guys see here in this room is the visible church. That's something that we can tell you about. We can tell you about the, the pretty woods up here and, and the pretty stage and, and the lights and, and the brick building and, and the bell tower and we can hear that, you know, 7 a.m. and, and 7.15 and, and, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. We can hear the bells and, and stuff and it's beautiful. But what Jesus was trying to explain to you was the unknown part of it, of the kingdom. Jesus says, you can look around and see who my followers are And that's simple. I can look around and say, yeah, I know who you are. But he was talking about the unknown part, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was starting that, and so was Peter. Peter was starting that with the visible part. The third part about Peter's sermon was that 3,000 people get saved. It far exceeded, far out, far exceeded his expectations. He had no idea that 3,000 people were going to be saved. He gets up there and he's like, hey, you guys just killed off Jesus. And he was probably thinking, gee, I might get lucky if there's 30 people that get saved. And instead, God provided 3,000 people being saved. There was something infectious within what Peter said that caused 3,000 people to be saved on that day. The thing about Jesus and Peter is that they're both pretty rough and someone once told me that the, the sermon of the kingdom about the mustard seed and the, and the leaven was that Jesus was basically saying about the kingdom of God is, are you in or are you out? Are you going to be living or are you going to be damned to hell? It's pretty harsh. Pretty harsh for what Jesus says. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good text. It's a happy text because he's telling us about what heaven is going to look like. But there's also that dark side of it. Are you in or are you out? Which side of the fence line are you running on? Are you guys excited for the end result? 
What about the unknown? The how big can God's kingdom be? Are you wanting to be part of God's kingdom? The people that are spreading God's word? The advancement of the kingdom? Are you living out your life so that others will want to be part of the kingdom of God? Is the way you're living being infectious towards others? Do they see what you have in Jesus Christ and want to be part of the family of God? I'm excited to share Jesus. I really am. I'm excited to be up here. I'm thankful for that privilege to be up here to share Jesus. And what the end result is. Now, I've told you guys all about the head part. The knowledge part of what God wants his kingdom to be like. What Jesus wants it. I've also shown you what it says in in scripture. And what Peter did. I've also now shown you the hands part. The going part. And the, 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 the hard part for me is the heart part. And I haven't shared that to you because that's the hardest part for me to share. I'm not a heart person. I'm a head hands. You tell me something, I want to get there as fast as possible, the most direct way. The A to B to C direction. The heart part is the hardest part for me. And I know if it's hard for me, it's hard for some of you out there too. Many times I come across towards others as being mean-spirited. I come across as being harsh and unkind. And yet somehow in all of this, God has still allowed me to, to lead others. Wednesday night, GC is, is still going. And when I took over, I had that fear of the unknown. I thought it was going to crumble to where it was going to be just three of us meeting. Three or four of us. And yet, somehow, for some reason, God has blessed the Wednesday night GC where we're going, having about 15. It's awesome what God does. It's been hard for me because I'm not very loving towards others. There's people that are sitting here that have come in that are, that are of my past and, and we've had a falling out. And I've had to learn how to love them again. It's been a long journey learning that. It's been a long journey asking people for forgiveness for when I've screwed up and been mean-spirited and unloving. And I think I'm going to end up walking this my entire life because the moment I start thinking I'm doing okay, I'm getting outside of God's circle. I start thinking I can do it on my own, that I can do it. And I got to rely on God because it's the unknown. It's scary. But because I have Jesus, I can do it. As you guys think about the infectious part of Jesus' teaching, the, the big question of this whole thing is, is who is following or listening to what you have to say about who Jesus is? If you guys call yourself a Christian, who's listening to what you say? Is it biblical? And are you getting people to follow, to listen? It's a good indicator of the love of Jesus 
is having on you and your peers. If you want to be real honest with yourself and and I want to be really, really honest with myself, the sinful side of me should drive everybody away. Every one of you should not want to be around me and that's the same with you. Nobody would want to be around you because of the sinful desires that we all have. And yet, because there's a change that's happening in your life, it's called Jesus. Jesus is changing you. As we get ready to wrap up, we'll be taking communion here. Communion is for believers who have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Communion on this side of heaven is taking the bread and juice that's right down here. And it represents the body and blood of Jesus that was spilled to make us right with him when he was crucified on the cross. It was and is a meal for us to have together with Jesus. It's this small picture of us being able to see the kingdom of heaven when we take communion because we're remembering when Jesus sat down with his disciples and said, this is my body and my blood broken and poured out for you. When we take communion, we're remembering the past, but also looking forward to the future, the future of that kingdom of God. And it represents a better kingdom. One with us as as believers with Jesus in his kingdom, much better than here on earth. The day we can eat or have communion with Jesus will far exceed our expectations of what it should be like. The meal will be amazing. It says in Revelations that we're going to have a great banquet. It's going to be a feast. And I know that if there's going to be a great banquet, there's going to be a feast, there's going to be steak. And I'm excited for that. I love steak. I love my omelets. And I'm, I'm positive that when we have that, whatever you want to eat is going to be there on the table. And it's going to be there an unlimited supply and it's going to taste far better than whatever we have here. But ultimately, it's not going to matter because we're going to be there with Jesus. Communion should also be infectious toward us. Communion is is that representation of that change that's happening in us. We're remembering each and every time that we take communion that God is in control. He's the one that ultimately cleanses us. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And we we should see a continuous change of who we are. If you believe in Jesus, communion is for you. There will be a few servers up front to serve the elements. You don't have to be a member to participate in communion. Just like the birds of the air nesting in a tree, you don't need to have trusted in Jesus. Let me start over. Just like the birds of the air in the tree representing the different churches, you don't have to be a member of the well to participate. You just need to trust in Jesus as your Savior. If you don't believe, please don't participate in communion. You'd be passing judgment upon yourself and we don't want you to do that. Maybe that day of change is today and we're excited about that. That's an exciting time. That means God's doing something. It's being infectious, it's changing. And it's exceeding our expectations because anything that we want to have happen will not happen without God doing it for us. If that day is today, 
come down and be prayed over and then take communion. That's an exciting time. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for who you are and that you have given us the glimpse of the kingdom to come. Thank you for giving us the tools to advance the kingdom. God, thank you also for everyone here at the well and all the other Bible-believing, Jesus-loving churches in the world too. God, thank you for allowing us to freely take communion. And so God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. In your name, amen. Let's celebrate Jesus by taking communion and singing a song. Thank you guys for letting me preach today. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.